All right, welcome everyone to this week's episode of Making the Call. We are continuing the month of rankings here at Making the Call, where we are ranking the top 32 running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, and quarterbacks just for the 2023 season. Uh, and just looking at it, you know, general NFL, not specific to fantasy, although I'm sure some fantasy topics um, will come up on this week's episode and future week's episode. Uh, I've got Trent, Rosie, and Alex with me this week. Austin is uh, doing his pastoral duties, um, hosting a tradition unlike any other, and that is Vacation Bible School. So he could not be here today, but we got we still have his rankings in order to get the consensus rankings. Um, just to reiterate, these rankings are just for the 2023 season. This is not a dynasty list. This is not for the next three years. This is if you were the GM of a team, all the rosters are wiped clean, and you were picking your top tight ends that you wanted just for this season. Here's the list. And so all five of us made our list of top 32. We've taken the average of all of those to make the consensus, making the call, big board rankings uh, for each of these positions. So we've got tight ends this week. Before we get into it, let's uh, go ahead and tell you about our lovely sponsor sponsor for this week's episode. And that, of course, is Liquid IV. Uh, Trent likes to say that I am a I'm a pretty basic human being. I have a lot of very basic interests. Uh, and one of my basic interests that I have taken up recently is a sport that has just been sweeping the nation coast to coast. Pickleball? Pickleball. Let's exactly. go. You play it too? Oh, yeah. I love it's pickleball. Fun. pickleball. We should get it's- together and play some pickleball. I'm down. Oh, we should. Alex, have you ever played? No, I haven't. Okay, well, it. you and I especially need to play because you. I mean, we live closest to each other. <laughs> to anyone here, uh, it's fun. Uh, my wife and I were playing it last week, and I was, we were playing it after work, so it was like five o'clock. It was you know the the hottest part of the day. It was like ninety three degrees, and I was just sweating bullets. And man, did I wish I had a nice refreshing bottle of liquid IV to help hydrate me through that pickleball match. Uh, it would have, you know, hydrated me twice as fast as, you know, the water alone that I had. It would have had three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It would have just been the best hydrating hydration option uh, for me while I was out there playing pickleball. So whatever your summer plans are, whether it is playing pickleball, whether it's hanging out by the pool, whether it's barbecuing, whatever it is, make sure Liquid IV is a part of your summer plans. You can go try Liquid IV to get today and you get 20% off. When you go to liquidiv.com and use code MTC at checkout, that's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MTC at liquidiv.com. Okay, tight end rankings, gentlemen. Uh, were the tight end rankings more or less difficult than the running back rankings that we covered on last week's episode? This will be the most contentious yet. You think so? No. <laughs> No? This is going to be the shortest <laughs> podcast we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is there, I mean, this seems like a dumb question, and maybe let's expand it outside of these top four positions and just look at all positions in football. Is there a position that is more top-heavy than tight end? No, because there's only one player that you want. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, outside of like the top four, five to eight, everything else is just kind of a wash. And like, we're going to, we'll probably cover wide receivers next week. And wide receiver is like one of the deepest positions. I think where I feel like I'm going to leave off some really good players just to get to my top 32. Um, tight end was a different exercise. All right. So number one on our rankings uh, should go as no surprise. It is Dalton Schultz. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Consensus what? number one, we all had him top of our board. Do we really need to say anything? I mean, until he falls off a cliff, do we just assume he's just going to keep chugging right along top of everyone's rankings for tight end? Yep. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit worried about him getting old. Not going to lie, because it's a physical position that he plays, but... He's still yeah. the best. So. <laughs> okay, so if I if I put the percent likelihood that Travis Kelsey is let's just talk like 
standard redraft fantasy. Okay, for a second. And I put the I put the percent likelihood that he's not a top five tight end in 2023. Do I put that at like 10%? Is that too Probably high? Probably less. Yeah. Five percent chance? I mean, really, you're just assuming injury at this point, or like is there some more nuance to Travis Kelsey than I'm giving credit? Can you uh define nuance? You define nuance. If I knew what it meant, I wouldn't have asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> like, are there Highly just more, intelligent? Are there more layers to this Travis Kelsey discussion than yeah, I what mean, I'm saying? The next saying. layer is there's no receivers on the Kansas City Chiefs right now that are proven. So it's just Kelsey, and that's it. So if there's nuance, it's nuance in his favor. Whoa, he's good. He's fine. Canarius Tony. Tony. He has a really cool glove adjustment. <laughs> All right, number two. Can I say something uh, about Kelsey really quick, though? You yeah. absolutely can, Rosie. We're Thank here you. as a free podcast here. All right. Uh, this was going to pertain to fantasy. I just think that trade in, him. specifically in Dynasty, no, don't trade him. You're oh. not going to get what you want for him. But in fantasy, if you don't have Kelsey... I'm selling everyone else because like no one else really makes a difference that Kelsey does. Um, I'm I'm trying to look for the next guy. So Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, all those guys I don't really care about. And this is for all fantasy types or are you just talking dynasty here? Just dynasty. Redraft's oh. a little bit different. But yeah. So you're saying like any tight end over the age of like 25 sell them and try and find the next big guy because are you saying even like sell the young guys like Fryermuth and Pitts and no I, I would hold on to them um but I I think I'm what I am preaching right now is value and the cheapest guy that you can get like from 10 to 20 I would just grab as many of those guys as possible okay that's fair if you don't have Kelsey if, if you, you don't, don't have Kelsey. Exactly. Okay. What do you do if you have Kelsey and you're in Dynasty? Like, do you I think I think ahead. he's got three years left. But I think you just push it down the road a little bit longer. His I don't think you worry about it up yet. in three years. So if I mean if someone's offering a haul for him, like yeah. two first round picks and a player, I'd take that. But no one will do that. So ride him until he falls off, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I mean, he's he's the kind of guy you can ride into the sunset. Like I know with a lot in Dynasty, with a lot of guys, you just kind of want to get sell them at their peak or something, get the most value. I feel like with a guy like Kelsey, who will be tight end one or two for the next three years, I think it's okay if three years from now he retires and you're stuck with him. Yep. Then you just drop him. That's fine. You agreed. got all you could out of him. That's fair. I yeah. I guess to Rosie's yeah. point, unless you're getting someone to overpay for his value, then yeah, just write it out because I've you know in most of my leagues and most of the years that I've done fantasy, more more times than not, I don't have Kelsey. But the seasons when I've had Kelsey, it is unbelievable. Just like how much better your life is when you're playing fantasy because you don't have to worry about the tight end position. Like you have the the best option and it's not even close. Like it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Does anyone here, do any of you, because I don't, do any of you three have Kelsey in any of your leagues? Uh, I traded him for Justin Jefferson. I don't have him. <laughs> I traded him in Cooper Alex. Cup nope. for Justin Jefferson. It's It was a pretty hefty price tag, but I was willing to pay it. Fair. I think that's, that's, yeah, I think that's worth it. <laughs> I mean, you you said so it was him and Cup for JJ. Yep. Yeah, that actually feels. I don't feels, think there was anything else. There might have been something else. I might have added like a second round pick or something. That feels pretty fair. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'd much rather have Justin Jefferson, but. Yeah. I understand it. All right. Next up, he came in with an average score of two point eight. <sighs> uh, his Your rankings ranged anywhere from two to four. 
and you can guess who had him ranked fourth, and it is Mark Andrews, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. So Rosie had him fourth. Uh, Austin and Alex have him second, and then myself and Trent had him third. So Alex, I want you to make the case first. Why is Mark Andrews the number two tight end for the 2023 season in your mind? Uh, I think it's sort of the same case as Kelsey. Like, who's really on the Ravens receiving court besides a washed up Odell and Bateman who can't really stay healthy? Like, he's still going to be the leading receiver slash target catcher. He's going to be the third down like guy when they need to gain the line. And I don't know. I don't see him falling off this year when Lamar's coming back too. like he still put up the production last year without him. So and he's Lamar's guy. Okay, I agree with you there. Uh, Rosie, you have him ranked fourth. So we're going to get to the other two guys you have ahead of him um, at some point throughout this. But what made you drop him down to four in your rankings? I mean, I I wish I could rank him lower. I wish I had it in me because <laughs> I don't think he's all that good. I, I think I feel comfortable taking a victory lap last year after everyone was you know, saying that he was in competition with Kelsey as a number one fantasy tight end because he finished first last year. I said that wasn't going to happen. Two years ago. Again. Yeah. Well, two, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm still in 2020. I know. I got you. Ago. I was just clarifying <laughs> for the listener. Yes. Um, he's not that talented. And the guys who are ahead of him are definitely more talented than he is. Um, and I got to disagree with Alex. I think that he has more receiving competition this year than ever before. Because, yeah, Odell might be washed, but I would still take Odell over Demarcus Robinson, who was their wide receiver one last year. So Yes, it's, it's <laughs> never even heard of that guy. It's marginally better. <laughs> it's marginally better. I'll give you that. Uh, and they they've drafted, got, they drafted, what, Zay Flowers? Zay Flowers, yep. And Isaiah Likely is there, probably taking another step. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is back. I'm sure they're going to throw the ball to him a little bit more. I I don't think that you're going to see a very good year for Mark Andrews. Really? I think he'll be fine, but just I like think... how every other tight end's fine. Okay, I I think you're missing out on a on a piece here with the Ravens, and I don't know if you consider this Alex by putting him second, but they don't have Greg Roman anymore as their offensive coordinator who he was a very run heavy, you know, like the type of offenses that he's run historically has been mostly run heavy with, you know, a little bit of pass sprinkled in there and play action. And Todd Bonkin is way more, let's have a balanced offense. Let's pass as much as we run. And I think that is only going to improve the ceiling of a guy like Mark Andrews, who is far and away the best pass catcher in that offense. Can I just say like, I've been a mocking supporter in the past. Like I, I, I think it's a good thing for the Ravens. But now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, I'm just a little bit worried about Lamar Jackson passing more. Uh, why? He yeah. got he got the bag. He doesn't need to prove anything anymore. He's chilling. Gosh, that is. Well, Lamar like, I Jackson hope it's is... not true. I like Lamar. I, I think he's extremely talented, but he definitely does need to take a step forward in his pass game. And Greg Roman was specifically brought in for Lamar Jackson to tailor an offense for Lamar Jackson. And so now he's gone. I'm, and so sliding this to Mark Andrews, I'm a little bit worried that this passing game isn't going to be as efficient as it has been in the past. Well, I mean, with most things, the more volume you have outside of like the freak outliers, the more volume you have, the less efficient you're going to be over time. So even if by the numbers, this offense becomes quote unquote less efficient, if we're just talking about Mark Andrews value as a tight end, I think it goes up because I think he's going to get more targets. He's going to have more catches. It's going to be a more balanced offense. And I think that helps everyone in that offense. Like whether you're a running back, whether you're Lamar, whether you're a pass catcher. So, well, I think the thing that matters most for tight ends specifically is 
touchdown opportunities. Um, and if the offense is less efficient than even last year, Mark Andrews is going to have hardly any touchdown opportunities. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. That's just in the range of outcomes, I think. Okay. All right. Let's, let's close the Mark Andrews discussion on this. And I'll start with you, Alex, since you have him ranked the highest. Okay. You know, excluding any risk of injuries, let's say he plays all 17 games. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's bring in a fantasy lens here. Let's say just like standard, or we'll say like PPR, but just like redraft just for the 2023 season. What is the floor for Mark Andrews in 2023? What's like the lowest that he could rank as a tight end? It, you know, eliminating any risk of injury. Let's say like, Seven eight range seems about right. Okay, Rosie, what do you think? Like no one gets injured the whole season. Everyone has a clean bill of health. Okay, yeah, it's six or seven, I'd probably say. Okay, Trent, what's the question? <laughs> what's the floor for Mark Andrews in twenty twenty three? Assuming everyone stays healthy, like everyone in the league, there's not a single injury. Five. I think it's five as well. Like I have a hard time seeing him fall out of the top five with this crop of tight ends. So, but even with that, like Alex said seven or eight, Rosie said six or seven. Like we all think he's a good tight end. We're just kind of splitting hairs of where he falls in like the top five. So number three, we've got George Kittle. Um, Trent, you have him the lowest. Everyone else was like second or third on him, but you have him ranked sixth. I... (laughs) Yeah. He hates Niners. No, I don't. I just, I had him in a league and it was the year that he was just god awful. And he should have been tight end too. And he just didn't, I don't know. This is one of, he's one of those guys where you're thinking fantasy value wise instead of, like, he might be more talented than the other guys I have ranked ahead of him. But fantasy-wise, I'm taking the other guys I got ranked ahead of them. I mean, just agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but know. just just talking in terms of like plain Jane NFL, I think he does more. Like he's better at like like every aspect of the tight end position, not just like pass catching, but if you include like blocking and everything. I think he's probably the most complete tight end in the game right now. Or would you put, I mean, Kelsey, feel like you have to put him first just because of the production. But if you want a guy who can do everything that you might ask a tight end to do. Yeah, but he's the way he plays. He's sort of injury prone. He's a year older. Maybe he could just fall apart this year. You never know. So, what, he's like 32 now? No. He, he's like 29. He, is uh, he just seems older. 29. He gets hurt like every other year. I don't know, that, that's the probably he, the big concern with him. Yeah, that's probably the, his big red flag because everything else is really good. And his quarterback's going to be like a different one every three weeks. We don't even know what that's going to look like. Well, we're taking them off of their teams, right? That's how we're true. Yeah. Do, do yeah. I have this wrong again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think you're right. You know the funny thing about Kittle though is, like, I agree with you, Trent. I've had him on fantasy leagues. And he can be very frustrating to have on your team because like you see all the potential and you're like, man, this dude should be like lighting up the, the box score every week. And I go look at like his, his PPR rankings. So his worst seasons were his rookie season where he was 20th and then 2020 season where he only played eight games and he was 20th. Okay. So outside of those two seasons, which was rookie season, and then he only played half the season. Last year, he was a tight end three, 2021 tight end four, 2019 tight end two, and 2018 tight end three. So like, even though he can be very frustrating, he's pretty much been a top five tight end in fantasy every year except for two if you include his rookie season. I don't know. I think he's more of... He's more impactful from a fantasy standpoint than maybe it seems whenever you have him just because you watch those Niner games, whether you're watching, you know, on red zone or something and they'll go an entire 
like final drive of the game where he doesn't touch the ball once. And you're like, how do you not get the ball to Kelsey? And you're like, I need like, you know, 12 more points to win or something. Well, it's hard to get the ball to Kelsey when Kelsey's on the Chiefs. Or Kittle. Kittle. You know what I meant. But just want to clarify for the listeners. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Yes. Hold every, hold each other accountable. All right. Next up, the first tight end for many of our um, you know, our silly teams, TJ Hawkinson. Boo, used to be, you suck. Used to be on the Lions, Rosie's team. Now he's on the Vikings, Trent's team. And he comes in number four in our rankings. I've got him fourth, Austin fifth. Alex has him six. Rosie has him eighth. Trent, I need you to go first here. You have him as your tight end number two for the 2023 season. Make the case for your guy, TJ Hawkinson. Volume. He's going to drop five a game, but he's also going to catch 10. (laughs) (laughs) So true. He's He's a volume guy. Well, and who else is catching passes outside of Justin Jefferson. He proved last year it doesn't matter. Jefferson is going to get his 15 and Hawkinson is going to get his 10. Addison. I think I'm, I'm I selling TJ Hawkinson as fast as I can. I I'm think Addison, Addison is taking his route. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'm the other way around. I think, I think Addison's overhyped. He's a sort of small, small guy. He is, but he's good. Yeah, I mean, he might be good, but. I just think he does the same things Hawkinson does, too, and just probably does not better and catches the ball. I don't know. I think I'm with, I mean, so I had him ranked second highest at fourth. And I think I'm with Trent on this one. Like, why are we sleeping on Hawkinson? He was great last year. He's in an offense that is going to pass a ton. He does drop a lot of passes. But even with but, the drops, he was, what, tight end two in PPR and tight end four in standard? Sure. And he only had, I mean, he had six touchdowns, so it's not like he was touchdown dependent. This is not a fantasy conversation, but it could be. No, I agree. <laughs> but, like, almost probably had a thousand, should have been. <laughs> almost, well, had like, a thousand, almost had a thousand receiving yards. Last year, of course, when, I mean, in fantasy – the tight ends that I'm targeting for redraft and stuff are guys that are one or are first or second targets on their team. No matter who it is, I'm targeting them. And Hawkinson is good enough to where if you give him volume, he will produce with that volume. He's pretty decent after the catch. That's about all I can say about him. <laughs> is he <laughs> like not the second target on his team? No, I think Addison will be. I think that's assuming a lot for I mean, a rookie wide receiver to take away. I mean, the dude had 130 targets last year. I think that Addison's going to be wide receiver three. I like KJ Osborne too. I think that's He's really good. He was yeah. super underutilized last year, and I think this year is going to be his coming out party. I think he takes the Thielen role. Um, for sure. And then Addison takes the Hawkinson role. Well, Hawkinson's on the team. That's Man. just what I think is going to happen. But I mean, if you're just taking him, I could see that happening. Down, I could see that happening down the road. But <laughs> excuse not me, right away. I don't. I don't see that happening this year. Okay. All right. Next up. Uh, well, any anyone have anything else to add on Mr. Hawkinson? No. Okay. Next up, coming at number five in our rankings, Pat Fryermuth, and. We all pretty much had him around in this in this range, except Alex. Yeah, you had him tenth. That's, yeah, I, just, talk I don't to really me. like. I uh, I don't really like Pickett. Who's who's the receiving core over there though? Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Johnson. Yeah, so he he eats it. A, he eats no, a few no, targets. Um, Didn't they draft someone? Oh my gosh! Come on, Pickens. Oh, George Pickens, of course. Pickens. And they they just they run the ball out. They're balanced. I don't like Pickett, like I said. 
And I just, he's still in the top 10. He's just fringe. He's got a sort but of proof. This isn't team. a team conversation. They're not on but, the same but team. If, <laughs> this is going to be the type, the, these ranking podcasts are going to be the type of thing where we're going to finish the fourth one and we're still gonna, not going to have like a, a clear understanding of what we're ranking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're ranking like where they're going to finish in fantasy, but I still think like the team around him no, has something no, to do with that. <laughs> exactly. Ah. <laughs> uh. We're supposed we're to be ranking, ranking them based off of skill, I guess. I don't know. The entire league, <laughs> the entire league starts from scratch, and you're the journal manager, and you're picking what. Why didn't we do it the other way? <laughs> That's literally what I said too. I think we should audible. We should, we should audible our own rankings do. with booze and strippers. <laughs> you know what? Forget the rankings. <laughs> what the? Where? You drama. Tight ends, baby. <laughs> We should audible and do wide receivers and quarterbacks as fantasy. Okay. It wouldn't be a, a making the call segment idea if we didn't just change it halfway through. So I'm oh. making the change. <laughs> hold, hold on. I, I think I have a sound effect for that. <laughs> no, I don't. I was going to say, I'm not saying one. that again. So <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay. Trent, go. <laughs> I'm making the change. <laughs> uh also alex i caught your um i want you to know i caught your tight end joke just i got it from like 10 seconds ago um all right so we'll do fantasy the next two weeks but i guess for the rest of this we'll just we're just ranking the top tight ends for 20 willy-nilly like skill wise yeah, like, like, yeah, who's the best? If you were drafting these tight ends based on everything you know about them just for next year, where would you draft? Because we all know everything about every mm-hmm. tight end in the league. That's true. Yeah. And I got some rankings to change. <laughs> <laughs> I did it all the other way. <laughs> well, I'm surprised you had Pat 10th, even if you were just talking fantasy. I mean, I don't know, man. He just—he seems like an average tight end to me. Like nothing really wows me about him. He's like the new TJ Hawkinson. Uh, He's not flashy, but he gets the job done. Uh, Hawkinson is flash or turd. Like, <laughs> okh okay, I fair. mean, I think so. Pat he's Brown hot garbage. Is... <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would compare Pat Frymuth more to um, Jason Witten. I think he's a perfect Jason Witten comp. All reliable. Mm-hmm. Terrible at high school f- football coaching. I don't know about that. I do. <laughs> Rosie's like, I can neither confirm nor deny that last allegation. Abstain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next up. I think we're going to need to spend a little bit of time on this guy. All of our rankings were pretty close, but I still want to spend some time talking about him. And it's Kyle Pitts. We have him sixth on our rankings. Like, what's what's your expectation for him in 2023? Because he had a great rookie season. They didn't use him at all last year. And then he what, like he hurt his MCL or something. He's got all the physical traits that you would want. In like a modern day tight end. So like, where's your head out for Kyle Pitts in 2023? Because on like, I've got him in a few leagues, and I, I keep I get trade offers like once a day for him, and I like don't know how to value him like in a fantasy sense, just because he's he's he was boom in his rookie season, and he was bust in his sophomore season. You know? Can I help you? Sure. Do you believe that he will be successful? Long term? Yeah. I mean, I think so based on what I know about him. Because he's not going to bust out of the league. Or he's not going to be average. Like, he's not going to be just an everyday guy. He's going to be great or he's not going to use it all. So. That's fair. we'll, we'll, We'll see. I think Drake London is better than him on his own team. But they should pass more, which will give Pitts more opportunity. I guess this is a fantasy conversation, but I don't know. I don't know about Pitts. 
I just haven't seen enough to where I can say that he is as good as he was built coming out. All right, that's fair. I mean, Trent, where's your hat with? Where's your hat at with Kyle Pitts? Like, <laughs> where's your hat? <laughs> yeah, where's your hat? <laughs> I'm wearing a beanie right now. Uh, Kyle Pitts, that guy right there. He is the fifth best tight end in the league. I don't know why you asked me the question. You're looking at my rankings. Well, um, in, all, in all seriousness, though. <laughs> you're such a <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Whoa, you say that? Beep. Yeah, I'm leaving it mark, in. No, mark that out. That's, that wasn't very nice of you. Um, okay, I'll mark it out so our listeners don't know what I called you. <laughs> yeah, Even better. <laughs> Liquid IV would not approve. I've gotten two liquid IV sales while we're on this pod, so I don't want to hear anything. Have you um, nice. You know, Kyle Pitts is probably the most talented tight end that's been drafted in the last four years, but he is on a team that does not pass the football. Yep. That's a problem. But as you said, this one is apparently <laughs> we're just taking a tight end for our own team. So sure, Kyle Pitts at five. Okay. All right. And I don't know, Alex, anything else to add on Kyle Pitts? No, pretty much what Trent just said. Since we're just taking it, the tight end for our imaginary team, I will take him at five. Okay. Uh, next up at seven, Darren Waller. And we're all pretty close on this one, except Rosie, you have him third. And Alex, you have him fourth. Yeah. So... Alex, we'll start with you. Why are you like a why do you because you, you're your rankings say you're higher on Waller than the yeah. rest of us outside of yeah. Rosie than fantasy pros than like so what's the case for Waller? Uh the case is if he stays healthy, he's still like a top four guy in the league. He's explosive, he's good at the jump ball, touchdown magnet in the red zone. And I really like his new situation he's moved into in New York. Can we say that still or no? Yeah. Okay. I really no, like why. no, no. I think Dabal is going to be really, or Dayball is going to be a really good coach for him. He's going to thrive in that system. Daniel Jones will have a little like uh, escape valve if he needs it. Our hero. Yes. I think just overall, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be top four, top five in the league. Can I hit on that? Yes. Yes. Danny that, that, Dimes that only, uh... solves all the crimes. <laughs> Gotta clip that. Um, <laughs> the only uh, thing that I will add to that is he is the only other guy other than George Kittle and Travis Kelsey where I said, if he doesn't get hurt, he is incredible. There are no weaknesses to his game. So, Yeah, if I didn't blow out my knee, I'd be a D1 football player. <laughs> Okay, Uncle never, Rico. I've never played a down of football in my life. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're right, Rosie. It's the injury things with him, right? Trent and I are probably, and Austin for that matter, we're probably baking a lot of that into our assumption because if you're a GM, you kind of have to take everything into consideration. So do you want a guy who has these injury problems or do you want a guy who's younger and maybe going to be a little more durable? For 2023 and i just think waller with his age because okay hold on let me look it up how old is he now he is 30 31. oh 30 okay he's 30 which whenever i see a, a three at the start of a football player's age who's not a quarterback it worries me even running backs oh that's i mean yeah <laughs> if they're if they're not like an analyst on tv <laughs> with that three next to their name, then something weird has happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I just, I think you're right. I think if we kind of, you know, take the, who do, who do we have this conversation with Andrews, where if you just assume everyone's healthy as Waller top five, probably, but do we knock him down two spots because of the injury risk? That feels fair. Right. So, I don't know. I do like what you said, Alex, about his new situation because who else is catching passes yeah, exactly. in that Giants offense? Like it's kind of it's kind of the Kelsey conversation, right? Like 
who's taking targets away from Waller whenever he's on the field? Saquon, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, probably Saquon. And the last time we saw Waller without any real competition, that was 2020 when he was tight end two in fantasy. So there's a case to be made. All right. Number eight, uh, we've got Dallas Goddard. Let's see. Austin's actually the highest on him. The rest of us were all kind of in that five to eight range. So I don't really have anything to add on Goddard. Does anyone have anything? I think he's a tear break. Elaborate. I think everyone after the him kind of sucks. <laughs> yep. You all think so. And <laughs> the podcast. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Making the Call. <laughs> Trent, you got nope, a dad joke we for us? got 50 more to go. <laughs> no, but tomorrow's flag day and I'm wearing my American Air, American flag pants. <laughs> nice. If you ever needed a reason to tune in on the Making the Call YouTube, go to like the 30-minute mark of this week's episode on the – or actually 35-minute mark on the YouTube Um and watch what Trent just did. So, uh, yeah i I think there's going to be I think there's one more guy, and then it really falls off, and he's next on our rankings, and that's Evan Ingram. Ugh. Okay, I got interesting facial expressions from Trent and Rosie. So why am I crazy for including Ingram in kind of that final relevant tier of tight ends? That's not why you're crazy, but. Okay, well, the, why do you disagree with that then? Because it's America and I can. I don't know. You know, in all fairness, Andrew, Trent did say, do not ask me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know Jack Squat about tight ends. Here, I'll I'll piggyback I'll piggyback off of what Trent said. <laughs> uh, Evan Ingram is not that good. I think I might have him a little too low at twenty two. Yeah, you have him twenty second. That might be a uh, situation Whoa. where I was ranking for the rest of time, and so I put rookies and stuff ahead of him, which I might not have done. And I didn't feel like fixing it because <laughs> these guys do not matter at all. I mean, some I mean, of them. He might. was he was relevant. For, he was relevant from a fantasy standpoint last year. He was last year, but now Calvin Ridley's there, and Evan Ingram will be irrelevant. Irrelevant, like he has been his entire career. He's been a horrible his entire career. Like not even like, oh well, he's but okay. How no, much of bad. that was a Jason Garrett? you know, Gettleman, Joe judge problem. Like you see in his first season with like a competent play caller and he was great. That might be a part of it, but like there were still times where Evan Ingram can easily get phased out. I think if they moved into receiver, that'd be a good fit. Cause he plays like a receiver. Um, but we're ranking tight ends right now, and as a tight end, he kind of sucks. Like he can't block at all, at all, zero. You don't want him on the field when even someone's like trying to block a little bit, and his hands are crap. So, man, you really don't like the guy. You have a thing against like Jaguar skill position players. I like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, skill position. Excluding quarterback. You like Trevor Lawrence, but you hate ETN. You hate Evan Ingram. I like Tank Bigsby. Well, because he's a rookie. You like all rookies. It's true. (laughs) All right, Andrew, you got a point. I don't know what it is about you in Jacksonville, but... All right, next up. uh, Tenth on our list. Say it. Chigazim Conquo. Rarely good. (laughs) How did I do? Oh, there's a basketball game on right now. 
Yeah, yeah NBA Finals, five. Game Five. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, such do we an want American? To, do we want to take this time to congratulate the Denver Nuggets on winning the NBA Finals? I'd like yeah. to congratulate my friend Hudson. Return, you know, he's a recurring guest here on this podcast. Oh yeah, friend of the show. Friend. Uh, he got the exact order of the NBA Finals correct. He's going to be so mad if we're jinxing this right now because the game hasn't ended. <laughs> so <laughs> we're in the first it. quarter. <laughs> oh, Nuggets are up 12 to 5. The game's over. Murray just had a nice yeah, first quarter dunk. basketball really tells everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Halfway through the first quarter, especially. It's over. <laughs> All right. So we've got a Conquo. 10th on our list and we all kind of had him in that range so yeah yeah nothing really to say there i don't think i've ever seen him play live on tv so yeah i think i've seen him a few times i wasn't watching a lot of tennessee titans football in 2022 no (laughs) yeah he looked Uh, really good when he had the ball i and his not to be trent I get to do what I was talking. (laughs) He just okay. Continue, Rosie. His advanced stats are crazy. Like they're really good. They're like Kelsey stuff. Like if if it's one guy who is outside of the Dallas Goddard range, I'm buying him. Oconquo. I think he's really good. What uh? What kind of advanced stats? Like, do you have anything off the top of your head like that you you know of? Yards after the catch, he was like top five among tight ends. Um, the routes that he ran were really good, and he won on a good percentage of his routes. I don't have the numbers. Yeah, I'm hearing it from other people. I'm but. gonna see if I can pull it up as as we're kind of talking through this. Um, but I do remember hearing stuff about that, that like he's, he kind of has all the, all the like analytics people really like what they saw from him last year. And and I test wise, he looks really good. And what I was saying earlier, I mean, again, this is not a fantasy conversation, but, um, he will be the first or second option on his team. So. Hmm. I mean, yeah, who, I mean, outside of Traylon Burks, who's really catching passes in Tennessee. Now who's throwing passes, I guess is a bigger question, but Tannehill's good or Levis. Levis is also good. I don't know, man. I've heard one of them will be good. I've heard some questionable things about Levis from OTAs and remember my rule about off season uh, headlines. If it confirms your bias, then you believe it. He's also and been really good in OTAs. Those aren't the reports that I've been reading. It's been both. Not according to my sources. <laughs> All right, so we've got a Conquo at 10. We've got David Njoku at 11. And here's another big swing. Rosie, you've got him ranked 23rd. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with what I was saying about Evan Ingram. Uh, I probably would have ranked him a little bit higher, but all right, let's. He's not. Let's didn't. We wouldn't have stuff to talk about. So thanks for doing that, Rosie. You're welcome. <laughs> let's do this because do we all agree that like and once you get outside the top nine or ten, it really gets rough from a tight end standpoint. They're all. Who's fine. our highest rated rookie? That's what we should be talking about. There's one. Uh, nice one, Trent. Dalton Kincaid. Tight end for the Buffalo Bills. The small town in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> we have him ranked cool. 18th. Rosie in likes our- him a lot. Rosie, why do you like him? He's extremely athletic. His tape is insane. He can fill a spot on Buffalo that I think they need. Um, hasn't been good in, in OTAs. Is whatever, but he's learning. No one ever is. Give him time. Give him time. Jamar Chase couldn't, you know, catch a football because of the stripes. So (laughs) couldn't see it. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's. I think it's probably good that he's our top-rated rookie, right? 
I have Sam Laporta ahead of him, though. And what team does he play for? A little town in Michigan. <laughs> uh, doesn't have the same ring to it. No, it doesn't. You're right. Not to be a homer. I'm trying not to be. I, I really am. You have him ranked 11th. <laughs> <laughs> 10 spots higher 10 than guys. our average. Come on. <laughs> 10 spots higher than our average. Yikes. Sam Laporte is really good, though. Like, I Where did he play in uh, college? Where did he play in Iowa? Okay. Oh, that's tight end university, baby. Yeah. That's, he reminds me a lot of George Kittle. I mean, maybe not as like relentless, but He's a good blocker. You know that. Yeah. Great blocker. I think he led tight ends and tackles broken in college. He was the centerpiece of the offense, and the offense sucked, but he was the one bright shining star. Yeah, they threw the ball like six times a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think he's, I mean, there's been some real good hype about Sam Laporta in camp. And I'm buying in because I think he's good. And he confirms my bias. I mean, okay, so yeah, you have him 11th. Uh, You know, in your defense, you do have Kincaid 12th. Right. So you have them close. You have them both a lot higher than than the average here. Uh I would probably put Kincaid over Laporta a little bit. Um, but if we're talking about this, if we're doing these rankings this time next year, and you know we're talking about Laporta and how good of a rookie campaign he had, it's not going to surprise me. I mean, especially the s- situation that he's in. And the Lions are just like begging on someone to take control of the number two pass catcher job in that offense. And the guy who they thought was going to do that, like can't delete his FanDuel app on his phone. So he gambled on a bus in like Arizona. And apparently that's, you know, within the regulations of the NFL gambling policy sponsored by also he's an idiot sponsored by DraftKings. (laughs) (laughs) Is that was that true? He, it was on a bus. We don't know where it was just oh. on team facility, and you can't do that, even yeah. if you're betting on other sports. And apparently, there's been a lot of other players who have gone to their agents and been like, "Oh, I've done this too." <laughs> yeah, I heard that, but I just think like, stupid. I don't know, man. Isn't that what your agent is for, or like whoever? Look at all the different rules and bylaws. And make sure that you're following them. It can't be that hard. Like it might be a stupid rule, but it is a rule. I heard it wasn't clear then. According to Jameson Williams? No, not him. Uh, some anonymous The player. special teams guy on the Colts who's about to like be the sacrificial lamb for the entire NFL. <laughs> yeah. Have you been following that story? Yeah, because he's not like an impact player. They're going to like make a big example out of him or something. But he was also, he placed like over 50 bets and he was betting on the Colts. So Oof. it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's then. That's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. Can't but do okay, that. so I, here, I want to have this discussion here um, because I, I, I'm not eager to talk about, you know, our 14th through 17th ranked tight ends. Um, I heard this discussion on another podcast. Should it be frowned upon if you're placing a bet on your team, but you're betting in favor of your team? Like you're betting the money line on the Lions and you play for the Lions. Like, why is that bad? You're not throwing the game. You're you're trying to go out there and win. So what's like the negative aspect of that? I don't think there is a negative aspect. Give someone an inch, they take a mile. You let that happen every once in a while, someone's going to put one on the other team money line. True. Yeah. I don't know. I just got to draw a line somewhere and it's a lot easier to draw a line with no gambling. I mean, that's why it should be no gambling at all. Not well, you can gamble on other sports, but you can't be here in the facility wherever we deem that. 
I love gambling. <laughs> like that's the reason I didn't go to the NFL because if I went there, I couldn't gamble. So mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> I figured that out from a very young age and said, "Yeah, I'm not even going to waste my time playing football. I'm not going to play in the NFL anyways because <laughs> I want to gamble." There you go. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty funny if like you could bet in favor of your team and it's like, here is, you know, CD lambs, same game parlay for <laughs> week four. You know, that's going to be the same. That's going to be like, a thing, dude. <laughs> against the commanders. And it's like CD lamb over, you know, 62 and a half receiving yards plus one anytime touchdown and the Cowboys win. And it's, you know, I don't know. I think that would be, enjoyable but that's just the next step in this iteration of like adding betting lines during the game like oh uh the minus 200 team is winning right now that's gonna affect some people that's what they now to say all the time that's gonna affect some people yeah i wish that they could be more just like upfront about it because you're right there like a lot of the announcers are still very careful about what you know the the wording they use um where like you know a a field goal in garbage time goes through and it pushes it over you know puts pushes it into the over and jim nance is like well a lot of people are really happy to see that field goal go through and it's like okay everyone knows what you're talking about just say it (laughs) the line was you know the line was 53 and a half that field goal pushed it to 54 just say that. It's okay. Uh, I think it's funnier when Jim Nance does it, but everybody else has to say it. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Jim Nance can do it, but. Well put. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Uh, so we had Najoku 11, Schultz at 12. Like two more guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to run through the rest of the top 32 yeah. and then. While I'm doing this, I want you I want you all to think of of this one question. Which of these guys outside of the top 10 has the best chance of cracking the top 5 in 2023 from a fantasy standpoint? We'll okay. go PPR. Which of these guys outside the top 10 could creep into the top 5? Okay? So we already mentioned uh Conquo at 10. Najoku at 11, Dalton Schultz at 12, Greg Dulcich at 13, Cole Komet 14, Gerald Everett 15, Dawson Knox 16, Tyler Higby 17, Dalton Kincaid 18, Jawan Johnson 19, Mike Gusecki 20, Sam Laporter 21, Hunter Henry 22, Trey McBride 23, Noah Fant 24, wow this is a lot of tight ends, Uh, 25 Zach Ertz, 26 Taysom Hill, 27 Irv Smith Jr., 28 Michael Mayer, another rookie, 29, Jelani Woods, 30, Isaiah Likely, 31, Cade Otten, and 32, Hayden Hurst. Who has an answer to my to my very thought-provoking question? Rosie is raising his hand. Hayden Hurst. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Top five. I'm a little bit serious, though. He's pretty good. I think he's a good tight end. Uh, not the best. But I, who else do they have there? Who else? No one. Thielen's washed. Chark will get injured. And who's their rookie? Oh, uh, shoot. Hold on. I for, He's they, fine. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so you think Hayden Hurst could get into the top five? I just think that Bryce Young is a smart player. And he will use his best weapon accordingly. The rookie. I'm not placing any kinds of bets on this, though. Well, I mean, that's good. That 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 is smart. Okay, so you got Hayden Hurst, our 32 ranked tight end, as your answer. Uh, Alex or Trent, do you have an answer? Sam Laporta. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's go. <laughs> okay, make the case. Uh, why not? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, man. Uh, he he uh, reminds me a lot of uh, 
Was George Kittle that he reminds me of? Yeah, he reminds me a lot of George Kittle. Um, he might not be as like what's the word? Relentless. Might not be as relentless <laughs> as George Kittle, <laughs> but he, he shows a lot of aspects of George Kittle. Um, he's from Tight End University of Iowa. Um, he looks looks real good, and um, Jared Goff likes his tight ends. Got to remember that he put Tyler Higbee on the map, if you know what I'm saying. And Everett. And, yeah, and that Everett guy, apparently. Um, Great analysis, Trent. That was fantastic. No, you said he was ter- You said Everett was terrible. What? I don't think no, we covered said Ingram. Ingram. <laughs> Ingram. <laughs> They're all the same after six. Bro, I've never even been to Everest. <laughs> Alex, who's your who's your choice here? Uh, I'll just go with Greg Dolchich from the Broncos. Sean Payton likes to utilize the tight ends well. Good, good little outlet for us, so they get the passing game cooking. I think he's going to get a lot of red zone opportunities. Okay. I'm surprised no one picked pretty much the only tight end outside the top 10 who has had a top five season in fantasy before. Taysom Hill? No. Who? A- any other guesses? Tyler Higby? No, this guy changed teams, but he stayed. Mike he, sta- he stayed in the same state. I'm talking about Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Oh, uh, that guy. <laughs> who else is catching passes in Houston? Mechie? Didn't they draft a couple of rookies? Is Mechie? Yeah, yeah Mechie so Woods. it's a bunch of rookies. Mechie's and- cleared. Cancer comeback. Last the last full season Schultz had was 2021, and he was a tight end three in both standard and PPR. And having kind of a veteran safety blanket for your rookie quarterback and CJ Stroud, I think, is something that's very very valuable. Yeah. And could you not see a world where Schultz is just like peppered with targets in that Houston offense? No, because CJ Stroud's from Ohio State, so. It's over. <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> He's well, drinking Schultz the is Kool-Aid. Schultz is my pick. I think he probably has the best chance um, out of the guys outside the top 10. All right. Those are our top 32 tight end rankings. Uh, we finished a little early. Anyone got anything else on your mind that you're like, hey, let's just, you know, let's end the podcast with this. I only got two responses from the top 100 dynasty rankings. So I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the article. (laughs) He's quitting. I'm done. I really like your top 100, especially (laughs) we've got the, we've got the new, the new table format on the sub stack. It looks, it looks so good. (laughs) So clean. Go check it out. I'll do it anyway. Heater up four. Now we jinxed it. The Heat are up four. The Rangers are getting back on track. They're up four against the Angels right now. The so, Rangers. Yeah. Let's have a live reaction. Well, it's commercial break, so. Okay. You play by play of the game right yeah, now. Yeah, go check out Rosie's top 100 rankings. Uh, we've got them in a new table format. It just looks very, very nice. Uh, view it on the Substack app. It looks even better. Um, Trent, Alex, anything? Not really. No. Nugs and All right. five. Let's uh, wrap the happy flat. Happy USA is going to beat uh, Mexico two to nothing on flag Thursday. Day. It's a tradition. Dos El Cerro. <laughs> what's the What's the state of? Well, oh, let's talk about this. Messi, Messi is coming stateside. That's fine. Playing for Miami. Yay! What do we think? What a guy! Suck it, Saudis. I mean, it'll make it a little bit more entertaining. You definitely have to watch the uh, Miami games now. I don't know if he's going to be playing a full slate of games. He might take off like 35% of them, but he's still going to score a lot. He's a couple years past his prime, but still a decent player. Probably top five in the league immediately coming in. No, top one. Sorry, top one. (laughs) I was going to say, come on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anybody have an Apple TV subscription that I can use? (sighs) 
Well, you have to pay for the MLS package on top of the Apple TV. What the heck? Yeah, it's sort of expensive to watch a lot of mediocre. But hey, if you if you do, then you could say that you are paying Messi to play in the U.S. That's true. He he gets a percentage. That's true. Yeah. You can DM him, be like, "Hey, I'm your boss now." Yeah, he's going to percentage of that. He's getting like a percentage of sales from Adidas. He's got a stake in ownership for the Miami club. Yeah. And he turned down $1.6 billion from the Saudis. To go to the worst team in the MLS currently. What is... Okay, let me ask this. Is Messi coming to Miami the equivalent of like LeBron finishing his career going to play in like the EuroLeague? (laughs) <laughs> goes to play for Real Madrid where Lucas came from like yeah, 38 maybe Real Madrid yeah, yeah. they have a Messi's always said he wants they to end his career team? in Miami yeah that's Same where Luca played before he got drafted oh what'd you say Trent Messi's always said that he wants to end his career in the MLS and everyone knew it was going to be Miami it was just a yeah. matter of time just hang out with David Beckham uh, yeah, Di Maria wants to come over too. I Miami. guess Messi and Di Maria are butt buddies. Super team. But I hear Di Maria may be going to the Saudis for a year or two. Man. So. Yeah, we got the the live PGA merger that's likely going to get shut down. That was that's. Mm, I don't yeah, even was, like golf, and that ticked me off. Can yeah. someone explain that to me? But like I'm ten. So, basically, the Saudis bought the PGA. Like the what? Saudis, the Saudis are going to be the only outside investor for the PGA. And right after the PGA paraded them around for being human rights terrible yeah. people, yeah, you had the PGA commissioner like a year ago doing like. PR things with families of the victims from 9-11 and talking about like how the, the golfers who went to join live basically like have blood on their hands for getting into business with the Saudis. And that's While not to was, mention all the, the players that were offered contracts to go play and live and turned them down. Like Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods got offered over a billion dollars each to go play or something stupid like that. And they turned it down because of the PGA and what they were saying about, like, you got blood on your hands, blah, 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 blah. And then the PGA was like, all right, yep. We'll take your money. Here you go. Here's Just PGA. in time for Pride Month. Yeah. And that's going to do it for this week's podcast. <laughs> U.S. Open this week. That's fun. Yeah, speaking of golf. No, the, the, the lift thing is ridiculous because it's not even going to happen. And now... Uh, a U.S. senator has already launched an investigation into it, and basically, what happened is they were there were like all these lawsuits between the PGA and Live, and the PGA basically was running out of its money paying all the legal fees, and so they had to come to a deal with Live to get the lawsuits to end, and. Live basically was just like they were just going to wait out the PGA. They were just going to keep draining them, of, draining them of money, knowing that they had infinite amount of money. And it, it, yeah, it's it would be like Rosie if the Saudis. Let's see, it'd be like if the Saudis bought the Commanders when they were up for sale, and you had an NFL mm. team that was owned by. Wouldn't it be more like if the Saudis bought out Roger Goodell or something, took over the whole league? Because they're taking over the whole PGA, right? Well, they're going to have a seat at the table, but it's still going to be, they're just going to be like, if you had a board of, you know, eight people, like one of the board seats belongs to the Saudis now. So they're going to have influence on decisions, but they're also going to have pretty heavy influence because of the money they're bringing to the table. Right. You should just let them buy it and then just make another league. APG. See, the interesting thing, though, is we haven't heard a peep from Tiger Woods on the matter. Like, he he came out very quickly against Liv when they first launched, like, a year ago. 
And since the merger, we haven't heard a, a, a tweet, a, an interview, a soundbite, nothing from him. And he's obviously the most influential person in the sport, you know, but nothing. Interesting. So he did just have another major surgery. Could just be resting. Yeah, possibly. Well, all right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of making the call. Um, Trent lost audio. So I am Googling frantically to find a dad joke. I'm just going to do the first one that I see. Uh, let's see. I used to hate facial. Actually, I can't do this one because I can't grow facial hair. Uh, let's see. Go on to the next one. Revealing. I'm afraid of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it. <laughs> the delivery was great. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, y'all want to do wide receivers next week? Yeah. And yeah. we're only doing it in the terms of fantasy redraft. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, like Dynasty we... Fantasy. No, <laughs> no, no. We are we already have that. Also redraft. just one year too, so yeah, redraft wide receiver rankings coming up next week. And yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Making the Call. Thank you to Trent and Rosie and Alex for joining this week. And thank you to Austin for getting those rankings in. Thank you, of course to our friends over at Liquid IV for sponsoring this week's episode. We will have our wide receiver rankings out next week on the podcast. Uh, I think we're going to have a Substack post this week. I'm not sure. We got to figure that out. Uh, but make sure you subscribe to the Substack. Go check out uh, Rosie's Top 100 Rankings if you haven't already done so. Uh, go check out uh, Trent's Dallas Stars article that he released late last week. Uh, it was a good kind of in memoriam for the Dallas Stars season. So make sure you go check that out. I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your week and we will see you next time.